0: Hello, I'm History of the Flash, but you can call me JD. And
1: ahoy, I'm the Comic Book Hunter, also known as just Hunter.
0: And this is A Hero Story, episode number 86. Welcome. Ahoy. A Hero Story is a podcast where we talk all things comics. That includes comic book movies, comic book animation, as you'll see later this episode, comic book video games, (laughs) comic books themselves, you name it, we probably talk about it. Our general layout of our episode is the news of the week, then the comics of the week, and then sometimes character of the week. Uh, this episode is going to be a little different, but before we get into the episode, I just want to thank you for listening to the last few episodes. We yeah. had a ton of guests lately uh, between Hunter traveling, so I had Comic Savior on for a while. Last week, we had on Comic Boy, and we appeared on his podcast. It's been cool, but now we're back to just the one-on-one setting. So, uh, But this week, we, given that the uh, COVID-19 has been affecting pretty much everything and the lack thereof comics, we do have a few comics, but uh, we decided to watch... The recent animated movie from DC, Superman Red Son, based on the Superman Red Son comic storyline. It came out this week. Yeah, so we'll do our normal uh, review of a movie, which includes the good, the bad, and the nerdy. And then we'll go on to the news of the week, and then the comics of the week. This week's comics, if you want to skip ahead, the timestamps will be in the description if you want to just jump ahead. Uh, The comics of the week include Robin, the 80th Anniversary Edition, Batman number 91, Aquaman number 58, uh, Hell's Horizon number 4, and Captain America number 20
1: uh yeah that's what i have here so
0: yeah so uh yeah and pretty much let's just get right into it because uh yeah we watched red sun so um, yeah. if you're not familiar with the red sun storyline it's a storyline from 2003 written by mark miller who's done like ultimates and uh he wrote flash for a little bit he's, run- he's done a lot of stuff mm-hmm. um and it's about what if superman landed eight hours later on earth putting him in the soviet union instead of the united states it's an interesting else world story it's only three issues long but they're like three like double-sized issues so it's essentially sex issues yeah uh yeah well i uh, mean eight hours
1: later but also it takes place in like around world war ii so yeah because he
0: because he lands in 1938 i just mean like he got like the earth was rotated enough eight hours later that he landed in the soviet Union instead of kansas so what what happens when superman's raised in the soviet union so Mm -hmm. um the comic is pretty good. I read it like when I used to read comics at the library. So we're talking like 2014 or so. And I haven't read it since 2014.
1: Okay. Yeah. For me, it's been a
0: long, like when I first started getting into comics, I was like, Oh, Superman red sun. So I didn't remember much of the story. I remembered like, you know, Batman's Russian hat, and you know, the hammer and sickle on Superman's chest, but I didn't remember that much of the story. So yeah, I didn't remember much either, but I
1: read it in 2010. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah.
0: so So I read it yesterday and then I watched the animated movie today, the day we're recording. And, uh, yeah, so everything's very fresh in my mind. So, like I said, we'll break down the good, the bad, and the nerdy. So we'll start with the good. Um, for me, a big part of what's good about this is how accurate this movie was to the comic. And I was very surprised given, you know, we just had Batman Hush, which was accurate, and then all of a sudden went off the rails, not being accurate. So mm-hmm. um, this this one felt very accurate. There's definitely some changes, and there's some creative liberty, and things cut out for time concerns. But it, other, overall, I would say it was pretty accurate
1: yeah i'd say so like there's not there's nothing really that made me shocked like that it was in the movie except for one part superior man which they changed that slightly but in a good way like i think jd and i both thought that it was like a a better change but not a change that affects the storyline itself it just kind of makes the makes a little bit a little bit more understandable how the government would allow superior man to exist without him looking like a monster at first spirit man for those who don't know is bizarro in this universe he ends up in the movie he is very human and slowly as he fights uh superman he becomes like slowly into the monster that bizarro is while in the comics right off the bat he's bizarro and the whole world loves him so it it makes more sense
0: yeah and in both the comic and the movie he's made from superman's dna um so in the uh, comic, it starts with a uh, Sputnik 2, which Sputnik 1 is the first thing to enter space. Sputnik 2 is like the next Soviet thing up there. Um, it starts with Lex hacking uh, Sputnik 2 and sending it flying towards the United States, knowing that Superman would stop it to get a sample of his DNA once it went to the water. In the, com- in the movie, rather, it seems like it just comes flying out of the uh, space. Yeah.
1: Now, it's probably
0: Lex who hacked it, because Lex is behind everything in this, but uh, they don't go right out and say it. And like I think even Lois says at one point in the movie, like, "Oh, uh, I think it was your scientist, the Russian scientist, that sent it flying towards us." And Superman's yeah. like, "No, it wasn't." But uh, they don't show. But, yeah, up, but so they
1: the, also they also straight up say that Lex is always five steps ahead of Superman. So it's yeah, kind of a, a, a big
0: theme of the comic, which they get to at the end of the movie, is that Lex loves chess, and uh, in in the comic he plays chess like eight games at a time with computers and people and he's always checkmate 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 he's always winning and he always wants a challenge so yeah he thinks of his life as like a 4d (laughs) chess which is really cool Mm -hmm. um and that brings me to the next good i thought lex was absolutely amazing in this movie he's pretty much exactly how he is in the comics like hunter said thinking five steps ahead he's always getting ahead of superman despite you know it's the classic uh brains versus brawn you know and uh the brain wins this one and it's very interesting to see uh lex and um, something that I liked and something that I've had like a comic idea in my head for a while is what if Lois and Lex were together because Lois empowers Superman so much and makes him better than he is. So what if you give the power of Lois to somebody like Lex who is already powerful and confident on his own and then giving him like a supportive person like that to make him even better. He's the smartest man in the world which uh, brings him up to being able to take down Superman, the rival yeah. Soviet Superman.
1: That's a good point. You kind of get the Lex Luthor that we already know, but Lois kind of calms him, makes him think a bit more, makes him calm his anger. He you don't really see him until later on in the end, go out into battle. Like he's a lot more of a stable person in this sense, the instead of the crazy scientist that he sometimes is portrayed. So it kind of makes him more of a threat to Superman. I guess yeah. I
0: um, and another thing that I liked in this was with the uh, the subplot with the gulags in, towards the beginning of the movie. That's not really in the comic. They talk about the gulags and how Superman disagrees with what Stalin did. But um, now in the movie, he actually got to see what's going on in the gulags. And he actually sees somebody from his past uh, who was supposed to be essentially the Russian Lana Lang. Um, the girl next door, the redhead, the one he knew as a kid, who defended him from the bullies. In the comic, she's more of just a background character. She appears and she kind of like watches Superman kind of fall from being the kid she knew to a total uh, like a dictator type guy. But um, in, in this one, she her death kind of serves a purpose of Superman to change things. I actually kind of like that better, making her more relevant and more of a. Uh, plot point I guess
1: yeah I mean granted she's still in a way a background character she doesn't have many lines or many screen time but the the moments that she does appear are very important to Superman's character in general so yeah Lana is definitely a good part of this I don't think her name was actually Lana but she she is Lana
0: it it was it was uh Svetlana
1: (laughs) yeah yeah she's the redhead next door uh, that grew up with Superman the first one that Superman showed his powers to besides his parents yeah so yeah.
0: yeah exactly um so I thought that there were really good themes in this movie with uh, Stalin and Superman and kind of making them one and the same of um, in when Stalin was doing it, he was sending people to the gulags for the greater good for the, you know, the good of the state. And when Superman's in charge, he hates the gulags, but he does brain surgeries on people to make them kind of wards of the state to make them work for him, even though they were, you know, once rivals. So, and I think that, you know, he goes on to realize like, Oh my God, I've become him. And a different way. I thought that was like a really interesting theme.
1: Oh yeah, yeah that's which a good is consistent point. with the comic. That's a good point. And it takes does it take Lois to prove? No, it takes Wonder Woman to point it out to him. That's right. Yeah, because he didn't realize is, what he was doing. Like, yeah. Until Diana, when like you're basically doing what Stalin was doing, that made you hate him so much. And yeah, when... which which
0: is an, which is another great thing in this movie. Wonder Woman, I thought was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, he's very much like the comic counterpart. Just, uh, little differences, like she's not. Uh, romantically interested in Superman like she is in the comic, but I think that um, she's just really well written in this one, and I think yeah, like she serves a good purpose. And you know, her final scene—first of all, the suit looked great, but oh, yeah. um, like <laughs> you really felt like the turn of her final scene, like it felt like you were emotionally invested in the character. So I thought that was really good.
1: Yeah, I mean. She, in a way, was one of the main characters in this storyline. She had important roles to it. She was in it more than any other superhero, because there are a few cameos in this movie. And she was basically the good guy in this movie. Everyone, like Superman's the main character, but he kind of has bad intentions at some point. While Diana is kind of like the superhero of the story
0: yeah and um speaking of superheroes uh batman i thought was absolutely great in this movie he is i mean beat for beat like the comic so i won't Mm -hmm. if you haven't read the comic i won't spoil what goes on with batman but beat for beat i mean he's not in the movie long but beat for beat exactly what happens in the comic. so i thought that was really good uh what they did with batman
1: yeah it he does have a very small role in this just like the comics but when he does appear he is like he's the best part of the movie for sure and plus it so one thing that I want to mention, the good, is each character design is very, very good in this. I mean, it's straight from the comics, but it's just yeah, so good.
0: yeah. I kind of say that for the nerdy, but yeah, the suits were great. I, I thought the Wonder Woman suit was great. I thought the Superman suit was great. The Batman, all all the suits were, you know, very good. Didn't mm-hmm. disappoint. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, and the colors and everything. I mean, it, it's perfect. Really.
0: Now, now I've talked about how accurate it was to the comic. It actually did add some things. So. um, they added for uh, the Green Lantern in the comic is just Hal Jordan. Uh, we get to see John Stewart and actually uh, Guy Gardner. Um, John Stewart is voiced by Phil Lamarr, who voiced him on the Just League animated series and Just League Unlimited. And it was great to hear the familiar voice of John Stewart. Mm-hmm. Granted, um, not very long. I
1: mean, John not, and Guy weren't long. in the it's comics. Very short. Yeah, John and Guy weren't in the comics. They put him in this movie, but they only have like two lines each. In a way, it's yeah. just cool to see because they're called like how says like, catch this, John, or guy goes, like, watch out, and they go, thanks, guy. So you, you could, they say each other's name so you know who it is, but... Yeah, I mean, like I, it's kind wolf.
0: of like how in the Gotham by Gaslight animated movie, the kids are named Jason, uh, Dick, and Tim. Like, it's, you know, it's a little, like, reference to, you know, the comics. Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's um, nice. And an, an, another thing that I thought they did better than the comic was the Lex and Lois relationship. So, in the comic, Lex becomes more and more involved with his work of destroying the soviet superman and lois is kind of just like the ignored wife and um essentially it's just like her you know like being in a marriage where she's not involved right so like she sees lex once a year in the comic and it's just on their anniversary to give him a gift and they kind of covered that in the movie but they make it better where i thought their ending was perfect i thought their ending was really good like it made me smile and I was like, oh, that ending. was really, like, a good a good addition. Instead,
1: mm-hmm. Instead in the movie, it, they are always together for the most part. Their jobs have to kind of incline together, Lois being a reporter and Lex Luthor being one of the most important people on the planet. So they are together a lot, but they still kind of hint at it while for, like, Lex forgetting about their anniversary or Lex kind of just telling her to go home or go away for a bit. So they don't have yeah. the best relationship at first, but they are still together and People even asked Lois, like, "Why do you put up with him?" And she explains, like, "Well, he is—he's gonna change the, <laughs> the, world. the The reasonings were a little
0: uh, odd, especially <laughs> yeah, the second one. <laughs> I mean, not, not what I was expecting.
1: <laughs> yeah, they definitely. This movie isn't fully for kids. There are yeah, little, there, there's sexual <laughs> references here and there. There's blood, but there's swears too. I oh, know, which kind of shocked me at first. one uh,
0: yeah, I was swears. surprised too.
1: <laughs> so I, I, I didn't realize this movie wasn't made for kids. So that kind of shocked me at first. So Lois. She's a little sexual with Lex at times, but also one of her reasons for staying with him was he's going to change the world, and so yeah. she respects that, and Lex respects her. So, it's and and, the-
0: and I think that's like a great twist on the I'm with Superman because he's going to change the world, as to I'm with Lex and he's going to change the world. Like it's Lois is attracted to power. It seems like
1: yeah. I mean, she's a reporter; she's always with powerful stories, and when you're with Lex or Clark. Granted, you're gonna get powerful stories every day, so I like that a lot. Uh, Any Um, other good?
0: Yeah, my my last good. um, It's a little spoilery. Um, I'm gonna try to touch on it like as like basically the the gift that Lois gives Lex is amazing. That wasn't in the comic, and I think that's an amazing addition. And what he does with the gift, like I think it's like pretty much the last line of the movie or one of the last lines of the movie. I thought Mm -hmm. was absolutely brilliant um it, it was it really felt like the comic right there and like enhanced the comic like i'm usually i usually stump for comic accuracy unless it really enhances the plot and i felt like that enhanced the plot so i was glad they added that
1: yeah i like. I don't don't
0: even really want to cover it because i don't want like if somebody's going to watch the movie i'd rather them you know see it in the movie it's
1: not like it's a very simplistic if too it just fits lex's character it's
0: it's 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 two words but it's a it was a very like well delivered line
1: yeah and the gift sticks with him for the rest of the movie despite being such a minor thing so yeah yeah it was nice yeah so
0: that's pretty much all i have in the good me too all right so um for the bad um this is actually one that I didn't write down but I was thinking of um not even bad just like Lex's voice actor voices Batman and Batman the Brave and the Bold so all I could hear is Batman from Batman Brave and the Bold <laughs> and I, it's it's like my same complaint with um the DC animated movie universe they're Lex is voiced by Rain Wilson so all I hear is Dwight from the office you now yeah, it's just like yeah. <laughs> I can't get out of my head of like that's not Lex like that's, it doesn't sound like Lex
1: That's fair I guess if I were to put a voice acting complaint it would be uh at the start of the movie we get young superman like growing up on a farm his voiced voice by tara very, strong yeah who voices raven and teen titans <laughs>
0: and at harley quinn in the arkham games yeah like that that was i thought that was crazy i saw her name in the credits i was like oh whoa
1: yeah so i can tell right off the bat like i it, his voice seemed a little off like it seemed very a little too high pitched compared to the other boys that was with him yeah. as a kid and that's because it's voiced by tara strong so yeah <laughs> makes sense um Um, so
0: so something in my bed is that superman is very aggressive in this one yeah like the way he rises to power in the comic is more of like a a, out of reluctancy like he doesn't really want to be in charge like i think even in the comic he says like i don't care about politics i just want to make the world better in Mm. this one he does want to make the world better but he's very aggressive to getting there he's a dictator yeah, which is, it fits what the character is, but I think in the comic it's kind of more compelling of like the reluctancy brings him to a point of no return as opposed to I went to my own point of no return, you know? Mm. Um, like he, he ends up being more passive towards the end, but like the the point of the character and what makes him compelling in the Red Sun comic where you could kind of cheer for him in a way is that he's very reluctant. He doesn't want to be the aggressor ever.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And even watching this, I was trying to think back to when I read the comic, which, again, was like 10 years ago. And I was also here with my girlfriend who's never read it before. And I was like, yeah, he's Superman is kind of like he he's a bad person, but he always has good intentions. And then he's like, Killing people and like having people be mind controlled into like his own slaves in a way. I'm like, I don't know if this is as, as yeah, aggressive I mean, as he in, was in, in the comic.
0: In the comic, like the brain stuff still happens, but like when it comes to like um, getting other countries to agree to what he wants, it's like he lets them join on his own, and he says like not one not one ounce of blood has been shed to get everyone to join the Soviet Union, except for the United States, and I intend to keep it that way. So. In the comics, it's in the movie, rather, it's a little different. I, I think it would have been better if he was a little bit more passive. I mean, he's it's not more terrible. threatening, yeah, exactly. So, um,
1: I agree with that. I was hoping he'd be a bit more calm. I understand yeah. him having like anger moments, but it just felt like he was very angry throughout the movie until a certain point. So,
0: yeah, yeah. um, two of the, the other two things I have in the bad category I don't even know if it's a bad, it's just like things that I didn't love. Um, they cut out. The subplot of um, – in the comic, they have somebody who's working with Superman who's Stalin's illegitimate son. So he can't view him as a son in public, but he is related to Stalin. And he he's the one who wants to rise to power. It essentially felt like in this movie they combine Stalin's son with Superman in this movie because he has some of those traits that Stalin's son has in the comic. I think in the comic it was cool because they were much more of like a yin and yang of like Stalin's son was the aggressor who really wants to get to power – Superman is the passive who doesn't really like, he's reluctant to go into any seat of power. He just wants to make the world a better place. So Mm -hmm. they they basically combine the characters. I probably would have added him. I don't think it would have been that hard to add him. Um, And the other thing is uh, for Hal Jordan, they leave out his backstory. It's a very short backstory in the comic. Like, it's literally uh, one page at the max. And it's not even him talking about it, it's literally just uh, Lex explaining his backstory. Um, In the comic, his backstory is that he gets his willpower from being in a Korean internment camp. Uh, He's held torture for i think three years in a korean entorchment camp and he's like he eventually turns the place into his own like barricade and like takes out (laughs) the entire korean army there like because he had that much willpower to survive torture it's like an interesting story of like how he becomes the green lantern because i think in the comic um lex talks about how he would put he would have put the green lantern ring on himself but he's too uh i think he says like he's too selfish or something so he needed someone with better willpower so i think that would have been a pretty cool thing to add instead like in in the movie hal's just kind of like okay he's just the top ranking guy. Let's make him the Green Lantern. Um, yeah. It's not like then, a, again, it's not a huge thing. It's just kind of just like okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, I understand not being allowed too much in because in the end it is an animated movie. They have a budget, but it was yeah. also just an hour and twenty minutes. So I feel like yeah, was, an extra minute would be okay. <laughs>
0: so. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It wouldn't have been much. And it, again, it could have been Lex explaining to Kennedy what happened.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Because because that, that's how it is in the comic. Like, he's just talking about it. So. And Kennedy's in the scene when they first show green lantern exists in this universe yeah so. and i
0: and i don't think they talk about it in the movie in the comic um in this alternative uh, alternate universe um in the election of 1963 in regular history of the united states john kennedy beat out richard nixon and then kennedy ends up getting assassinated yeah um and then in the comic nixon wins that election and he gets assassinated and then uh kennedy goes on to be president much later like how how nixon went on to be president later in the 70s so i thought that was kind of interesting that they didn't uh put in the movie they kind of just like let you follow the context clues yeah uh, that's fair i mean but I it's st- still everything. interesting nonetheless like again it's like a little tiny thing um, yeah
1: it was but cool yeah to so see a lot of green lantern moments though because there were way more than i expected i kind of i what i remembered was the origin story for hell i remember him first appearing putting on the ring but i don't remember the rest of what happened and there is yeah. a lot of Green Lantern moments in this movie, which made me kind of hope that there would be more little hints to the Justice League members. I was kind of thinking maybe we'll see Jay Garrick at one point. So. Yeah, and
0: in, in, in the comic, they make reference to Barry Allen, but they don't actually show him. They actually show Iris West um, at the Daily Planet working. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else they show reference to in the comic. I can't really think of anyone else that they show reference to.
1: Well, yeah, I was, I was, I was just hoping, that maybe yeah. we see, well, just because the timeline will line up with Jake Garrick, maybe we see something to do with Atlantis. So, yeah, well, Russian I mean, Justice it's cool League.
0: to think of like how Superman being born somewhere else throws everything off, or landing somewhere else throws everything off.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, well, again, like that also makes a Russian Batman. Like Batman in this isn't necessarily like Bruce Wayne parents shot in an alley. It's Bruce Wayne parents killed in basically like a slave camp. So.
0: Yeah, in the yeah, in the gulags. Yeah, yeah, exactly. so. Um, so so, if we're done with the bad, uh, we yep. get to the nerdy, which is pretty much everything I have. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the the nerdy was cool. Um, like we mentioned before, the the suits were extremely comic accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can't think of a suit that was changed uh, for this Nothing movie. Was I, think I think they were all yeah. brought from the comic. Um, I mean,
1: it is to fit the DC animated style. And again, it's very Bruce Tim kind of yeah, a little bit Bruce Tim, a little bit modernized of that style. But it is their comic accurate suits in the end. Which is yeah
0: cool. um i i like i mentioned before the batman story is beat for beat what the comic is um mm-hmm. the ending with uh brainiac superman lex luther was pretty much beat for beat with the comic it goes a little differently in the comic but i thought they enhanced it enough here but it, it was definitely felt very comic booky change was good and yeah. uh yeah like the ending of um Like like I said, I'm not even going to spoil it, but what happens at the end with Lex and Superman is, like, beat for beat for the comics, so Mm -hmm. there there was, like, a lot of comic accuracy, like, that that was something I was glad that, you know, maybe they learned their lesson from Hush of, you know, you can't change up what makes the story relevant. (laughs) Exactly. Uh,
1: I guess I shouldn't, I should have talked about this on the Side, but I'll just bring up again, a lot more Green Lantern stuff than in the comic, which I liked a lot. I mean, they could have added it in, it wasn't like, oh, we're adding all this stuff, that's on the comic and it's a bad thing like the added things were actually good in this movie i thought everything that they added that weren't in the comics were good additions nothing was a bad addition in the end yeah so yeah green lantern was awesome all Uh, right so that
0: brings us to mm. final score
1: you go first
0: okay um i love the comic accuracy there were little things of the themes of the character that i wasn't crazy about but overall i found myself enjoying this film I'm gonna go with I'm between seven and seven point five. I I really enjoyed it.
1: Okay, I was gonna go seven point five eight. Like there weren't okay. much that was wrong in this movie for what it was. It was really good. It was a great adaptation of Red Sun. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, I would I would agree with that. That was a great adaptation of mm-hmm. like respecting the original source material and adding some new things. I thought uh, they did a really good job.
1: Exactly. And it gives a lot me faith
0: of... if they're gonna do the Long Halloween soon, that they could do you know respect the comic.
1: Are they doing Long Halloween?
0: There's been rumors that they're doing Long Halloween for a while, which scares me if they're going to do it in the DC AMU uh, style Uh, or not. (laughs) It it, it has to be Tim Sale style if you're going to do Long Halloween. Yeah,
1: that's a difficult story because of all the time jumps, too.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and it's 13 issues, which is a long... Like, you have to cut out a lot. Or you have to make it a two-part animated movie.
1: How long is Red Sun for issues?
0: Three three issues, but they're oversized, so kind of like five to six.
1: Okay. And they still
0: cut out some stuff, so...
1: Yeah, so oh, that will be difficult if they do that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I think like, like, they have to do a like,
0: two-part. Like, they did The Dark Knight Returns, two
1: parts. Exactly, yeah. But yeah, this was a great adaptation. A lot of DC animated movies, which we get, like, five a year or something like that. We get quite a lot of these, and a lot of them aren't as comic accurate. Like, Hush. Uh, like, even the ones that are comic accurate, they add things in the end like the and Thorn so. of
0: atlantis one is like not that comic accurate to Thorn of atlantis
1: exactly and even the one before that just like war was pretty accurate to origins they just swapped out Aquaman yeah. for shazam but it was in the end an accurate story so yeah this was probably as far as i could think the most accurate animated movie
0: yeah, I would say it's probably between this and Justice League War with yeah. minor changes, but like pretty much respecting the story. Exactly. Uh, maybe flash, maybe Flashpoint. You could throw in there for
1: accuracy. Oh, I would say Flashpoint's pretty accurate. Yeah, they just took out some scenes.
0: Yeah, the scenes so, are being uh, not more accurate. So yeah, I think this was a good adaptation. If you're interested in the like, if you like the Red Son storyline, I'd recommend it. it. You know, it's not going to disrespect the material. If you've never read it and this sounds interesting to you, I definitely recommend watching it. Um, I rented it for like six bucks on Amazon, so that's a pretty good deal. Um, but yeah, I'm sure was, it'll be on DC uh, Universe within the next two months or so if you want to wait till then. But, but yeah, you're I, I'd watch it.
1: <laughs> yeah, if, if you're American. American. Yeah, come on, Jim Lee. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's our Superman Road Sun review. No, we'll go back yeah. to the regular podcast, being the news in the comics. News. Surprise, surprise. There's not a lot of news since it's the end of the world and all that. uh <laughs> Black Widow was delayed due to the end of the world. So kind of disappointed. I mean, it's expected, but. I mean, this movie is already six years too late, but we're, I guess we're it's delayed again. So yeah, <laughs> we're still waiting on that Black Widow. Uh, I don't think it'll be added to Disney Plus. I, I asked in our group chat if people thought, and everyone said doubtful, including JD. So <laughs> I, guess, I guess it's not happening. I, uh, I
0: I just think I just think that to put it on Disney Plus would be like you know this is a movie that even if it doesn't do well, like the lowest grossing MCU movie will still make five hundred million dollars. So that you, you'd one. be losing a lot of money on Disney Plus. Now I think that new mutants would be fine to put on disney plus because i just don't see that making more than let's say 250 million i I think that that one's already been in development hell forever i would just put that on disney plus yeah for sure
1: and jd and i are both kind of stuck at home right now being with the whole COVID 19 thing so if new mutants is out on disney plus we'll be revealing it right here i'm sure sure we'll both yeah you have disney plus right yeah i do okay so yeah we'll both watch it then um, we got our first look at the Dark Knight's metal sequel, Death Metal. Greg Capullo recently put on his Instagram little images of the comic. Uh we got some new designs again. We looks like Swamp Thing will be like a burnt out Swamp Thing, which I think is such a cool idea. I don't think this uh-huh. has ever been done before. But he's like a dying tree in a way. He's very skinny. Uh the where he's usually green is all kind of crispy black and a little bit of embers in him. I think it looks really cool. So I'm it, makes me feel like it's not canon but i know in the end this will be canon so it's it's interesting yeah well i
0: was i was thinking how is this all going to fit into canon as well um and like what's with the with the bat suit with the eyes cut out like who who is that
1: yeah i don't know who that is Do either. we know N- i mean like, it, it looks
0: like it looks like an older man in there but the suit looks like the damian wayne uh earth 666 suit
1: oh yeah kind of does yeah it is. so I don't, like I
0: don't know who that's supposed to be but yeah um I mean this looks pretty cool. Um, the the Joker dragon is terrible. <laughs> There's like a, a d- dragon with a Joker head, which doesn't look good, but
1: Yeah, it looks terrible. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> horrendous. Uh, it looks like the uh, Crow Robins, which are the Batman Laughs Robins, are gonna be like just jumping around the streets. Which I, yeah. I, I kinda I like the concept of the Crow Robins. I think it's interesting, it's creepy. So I don't mind that. But again, like I'm not very excited for this story, but when Greg Capola like put this out on his social media His art's so good, so at least we'll be seeing that. Like, his art's really good. It's nostalgic to me, because Greg Coppola kind of got me into comics, in a way. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it.
0: I I don't know if I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean,
1: you're going to read it, right?
0: (laughs) I mean, I want to say yes. I mean, I put up with Metal One, so I might as well put up with the sequel, but I don't know. This is going to be a tough one to stomach.
1: (laughs) I'll I'll read it, but I don't think I'll be getting the tie-ins assuming they do tie-ins because metal um, one yeah, was six issues but like i think 30 tie-ins i think exactly it was like 27 on the dot yeah <laughs> tie-ins. it was cr- it was crazy there's tie-ins for each batman which was like seven of them there's tie-ins for the whole nightwing green arrow harley story uh there's tie-ins for another storyline so there's way too many and i got them all too and they're all like expensive because they had like faboc art on the cover yeah yeah like they had like nice.
0: the special like foil cover
1: yeah exactly which is nice i i beg and bored them but <laughs> come on so I'll, I'll still be reading it i'll be talking more about this when we review the comic uh hell's horizon number four because they did it did lead into death metal so i'll be talking yeah. about that in a bit um so new marvel heroes were <laughs> announced recently This is for the comic coming out called New Warriors. So, they're adding a bunch of new younger heroes, which is interesting, because younger heroes are now illegal in the Marvel Universe. So, I wonder if the book Outlawed, which is the younger heroes are a a legal book that started this week, will be happening here. So, some of these characters include, looks like twins, a brother and a sister. The brother being called Safe Space, and the other one being called Snowflake. (laughs) So... (laughs) I get where you're going
0: I for, like, Marvel. But I, I, like, legit, when I saw this, I thought it was, like, a joke. And yeah. then, like, I thought it was, like, Ethan VanSkivert just, like, making fun of Marvel or something. Mm-hmm. So, I, uh, like, when I opened it up, I was like, okay, that's weird. And then I saw more and more people posting it, and I was like, oh, this is real? It's real. Yeah. Was like, oh, okay, I mean, this is,
1: uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> the suits are kind of odd, too. Like, I'm not the... I'm the biggest fan of
0: them. Oh, I think they're terrible. I think I think this entire concept is awful. Yeah, <laughs> and so... I think, and I think that... Like, I don't even get who they're appealing to because, like, a lot of those names aren't, like, what people who are of that, like, call themselves, you know? That's, like, more of, like, uh, what they're called by others. Yeah,
1: I know. I get... Okay, so I think Marvel was going for, like, having this generation take back the name Snowflake in a positive manner. But, like, a superhero called that? Really? And even it's, then... It's, the... it's... It's terrible. (laughs) The superhero has a buzz cut that's bright blue, dyed, wearing baby blue suit that's all tight and showing off the arms and the legs and everything. The symbol is just a snowflake, too. (laughs) So I'll I'll read the description of these two characters because she has a brother, Safe Space, twins. So Snowflake and Safe Space are twins with with psychic powers. Safe Space is a jock who can generate defensive force fields. Meanwhile, Snowflake is a non-binary who can create snowflake-shaped... Sorry, uh, tongue twister snowflake shaped shurikens snowflake and safe space are the classic offense slash defense offense slash defensive team so sorry that was was difficult to say for some reason (laughs) English is only my 12th language no yeah (laughs) Um, additionally they revealed another hero for this called screen time who is a character that kind of looks like like isn't he like a memer (laughs) Uh, okay I'll read the description oh god I didn't read the description until now Yeah, doesn't it say he's like a meme or something like that? It does. <laughs> so, the fr- I have, this is my first time reading this. A meme-obsessed super teen. <laughs> that's official. <laughs> whose brain became connected to the internet after being exposed to his grandfather's experimental internet gas. Now he can see augmented reality and real-time maps and can instantly Google any fact. Does this make him an effective genius? He sure act like it does. <laughs> what? Th- this is terrible i mean this it literally sounds like parodies (laughs) it does i mean the design is cool he kind of has like a cyclop like a cyclop he's a memer i know i know i'm trying to defend okay yeah me
0: and him have the same superpowers when i go on my instagram explore page and get on a meme uh page like (laughs) this is this is terrible
1: like you try to marvel will announce before this like so, I think these were revealed on Monday. And on Sunday, they were just like, oh, we have this big announcement. We're showing off new superheroes tomorrow. And everyone's like, oh, interesting. Let's see who they are. And then the first one you show is Snowflake. And the second one's first description is a meme obsessed superhero. <laughs> it's like, what? Okay. The design is like Cyclops, but black and green. So, I think that's neat, at least. But Jesus! Yeah, what the I, heck?
0: I mentioned this before we started recording. I, I think this is character. These are characters who will not sell well. Like I know number ones always sell well, but I don't see these selling well after the first issue, maybe, and then they're going to be canceled and they're never going to be talked about again. It's going to be one of those like failed experiments that twenty years from now we're like, hey, you remember this character that's obsessed with memes?
1: <laughs> Even like one year from now, we're going to be saying that like, hey, do you remember Damage? folk exactly
0: (laughs) yeah this is this is like this is a very lame attempt like i don't even understand what they're going for here because it's like they're trying to appeal to a different base but they're also kind of just like
1: not yeah
0: this is is very odd to me
1: i mean his logo is a wi-fi symbol
0: yeah this is it's like how do you do fellow kids do you like memes I mean... And, like, assuming it's going to be written by someone who's obviously much older, I think it's going to come off as very cringy, like, when he comes up with, like, 2011 meme font. Like, oh you, you ever seen the Wendy's commercial where it's, like, the memer eating yeah. a spicy chicken sandwich? Yes. And he's, like, eat spicy goodness like a boss. Uh, like, that's the kind of meme that they're going to talk about.
1: He's going to say that? Yeah. Oh, God. It's going to be so cringy.
0: So, if, if, you have, if, if you're listening to this podcast and you've never seen that commercial, pause it real quick and just look up on YouTube, Wendy's the memer. It's the cringiest thing you'll ever see. <laughs> it's the worst thing
1: ever. I can't believe I got paid for it. Or maybe yeah. Not. Um If you want to make a new character... Now, this is coming from me. I don't... I'm not a comic writer. I mean, I hope to be one day. But right now, I'm not. But from experience from reading comics all these years, if you want to make a new character, the best way to introduce him or her is in a book that's already selling. Jessica Cruz Agreed. was Agreed. introduced in Justice League during justice league new 52 where it was at its prime like jeff johns was writing it and it was really really good at the time and jessica cruz was introduced and she didn't become green lantern until like 20 issues in she people got used to her they got used to her as power ring they got used to the idea of her and people started to like her and then bam she's green lantern and she's successful so miles morales
0: bart, bart bart allen got introduced during mark wade's run which already had like you had you had return of barry allen and uh And Born to Run, and then you had, like, a few filler stories, and then you got Bart Allen. Like, you got to build up of, like, okay, this run is already awesome, boom, here's a new character, I'm gonna grow to love him, you know? Yeah,
1: and then And then you end up getting a run, like, less than, like, two years later. You got a run, and then he ends up being on a team, like Young Justice, which, back then, it sold very well, because people saw Bart Allen, and they knew Bart Allen already, so they went to buy it. It's not like, I feel like if you just show first concept art of Bart Allen, and be like, this character's gonna be in Young Justice, people would be like okay, well, that's just Kid Flash, but in, like, different colors. Why would I want to read it? Yeah, that? exactly. Kind of thing. So you got to get used to the idea first. Miles Morales was introduced in Ultimate Spider-Man. He wasn't even Spider-Man for several issues. He was just Miles Morales. And then when he finally got bit by the radio radioactive spider, people got excited for that because they already knew the character. We got to build up to him. And then, look at that. Ten years later, he just got his own movie. So yeah. that's how you introduce characters. You don't just... <sighs> You don't make a character called snowflake and then be like, hope you like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I, I literally have not seen anyone who's like, this looks awesome. I can't wait to read this. <laughs> it's people like laughing at it. Like this looks terrible.
1: Yeah. It, oh god like people are laughing at this i i didn't even read the meme superhero until just now live yeah i
0: yeah i remember reading that and like people started like making like uh like satirical versions of these like adding like another hero that's like with a stupid concept but like drawing it the same so at first i thought that was one of the fake ones i'm like oh no this is real
1: yeah (laughs) okay yeah it's a strange time uh sticking with the comic news gwen stacy was a comic that was created by Marvel recently. So, people, Marvel decided to make a Gwen Stacy solo series, or I guess mini series. And a yeah, lot of people many. were like, why would you make th- this character's been dead for a while? We have Ghost Spider, which is her own comic with her as Spider Gwen, that's already selling fairly decently. Like, why make a story on Gwen Stacy with no powers? And it's supposed to be like a flashback to before she died. It ended up being the fourth best-sold book in February for Marvel Comics, so apparently people And, like and that, that
0: wasn't even the number one, right? That was, like, a number,
1: like, three or number four? It was number four, yeah. Yeah, so, so like,
0: that that's pretty crazy that, like, a fourth issue of Gwen Stacy was one of the best-selling comics. Like... First issue, okay, fine, I understand collectors and all that. This this is like impressive and something that I think that this should prove to DC maybe is that sometimes you got to take the risks on miniseries for some of your more obscure characters because you don't know what's going to sell.
1: Yeah, because Marvel does that a lot. They have a series for everyone. Like literally, everyone has probably had a miniseries within the past ten years. While DC. When they do it, it's usually pretty good. We're reading Strange Avengers right now. It's an Adam Strange miniseries, or I guess maxi-series. And it's really yeah, good. Yeah, they, Mist- t-
0: they took a chance on Mr. Miracle.
1: Yeah, and it was fantastic. So it was very successful. Mr. Miracle number one, I think it's worth quite a bit of money right now, too. A, so, a lot of money. Yeah, so I'm hoping Strange Avengers goes up there, too. Because they got that. <laughs> yeah, me, me, well,
0: it dev- Strange Avengers definitely sold a lot better, so it probably won't <laughs> be worth nearly as much. But it'll probably be worth a decent amount
1: yeah so gwen once, Stacey... once i
0: get that tom king and mitch Gerard signature haha yeah,
1: exactly so gwen Stacy's he's fairly successful um next bit of news going to live action there's a rumor that marvel studios president kevin uh-oh i'm not gonna say his last name <laughs> has reportedly fiji <laughs> Peach, fiji we say it differently every episode and people have been bothered by that uh yeah. has reportedly had conversations with sony about co-producing a spider woman film uh You want to talk about that?
0: Yeah, uh, literally just, like, pass. Like, this entire Sony universe, listen, I think that Venom worked decently at best of, like, the concept of it. I I just don't think you could repeat that magic of, you know, the Jared Leto Mobius. I think that looks – is going to be terrible. It looks terrible. Um, I, I think that, you know, when they talked about having a Madam Web movie, why oh yeah the black cat Cat movie why like all these like side spider-man villains like what's the point now Mm -hmm. spider-woman is at least a little more interesting and you at least have comics to work from but Again, why? I'd rather her be a side character of a Spider-Man film, and then if sh- the audience reacted well enough, then you could consider a spin-off. Um, have have her appear
1: to the side of Spider-Man 3, if you want to do spider Yeah,
0: the, one, so the, so the MCU, when in the phase, either phase one or phase two, right, War Machine gets introduced, they actually considered doing a War Machine film for a while because <clears> he was pretty popular after Iron Man 2. So that, I think that's a better way to do it and gauge what your audience would want, you
1: know? yeah exactly you don't see them announcing a falcon movie before falcon was introduced in winter soldier so exactly you gotta show these characters first and then announce something show falcon build up him and then announce his own show so exactly that's way better it's a way better way to go but they also announce i see solo who's james Bourne and man wolf john jameson spinoffs who <laughs> <Yeah,
0: yeah. laughs> So well, john jameson is the um he's like the astronaut son of jay jonah yeah, jameson i was really
1: I know him. I'm,
0: I'm not as familiar with James Bourne. Um, Jesus Christ, is James yeah, Bourne. Um,
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, again, like, why? Why, I was just, Sony? Why? why? Like, I, these aren't these aren't going to happen. Straight up. No, <laughs> yeah, it's going to no, be just like the Joker, Joker really movie, shouldn't. right? <laughs> <Just> <laughs> all like right, like the all Joker right. Movie. Not, not happening, Karin and Shady. <laughs> so,
0: the the yeah, best picture nominated be. one, $1 billion movie
1: that I thought it wouldn't happen? Yeah. Yep. Gotta
0: listen, say. to listen to i thought that was jared leto's joker
1: <laughs> yep uh sticking with spider-man i mean okay this is news but it's more so just a rumor uh daredevil is apparently going to appear in spider-man 3 but this is according to uh, kevin y- smith who said it, he what? got it from the internet so
0: but y- yeah yeah exactly like people reporting it like kevin smith has like inside knowledge but then he had to come out and be like uh no it's just something that i want to see
1: <laughs> yeah he said he just read it online on like reddit or something and he was like oh that's yeah. a cool idea and so he said on his podcast that it was a cool idea
0: <laughs> but given <laughs> given that he's worked in the industry and all that you know people think like he's got insight knowledge and mm-hmm. they thought that was like actual insight knowledge but. yeah
1: like he's written daredevil comics he's directed like superhero tv shows and all that he has a very successful podcast i think it's called fat man on batman so yep. he uh he is a successful person in this industry so him saying that does kind of make people believe but in the end you did just see a rumor but it's got a lot of people talking about it uh it was trending in the superhero side the other day like daredevil and spider-man a lot of people are trying to contact charlie cox be him and things being like is this true taking tom holland is this true the director is this true no one's saying anything of course because in the end it's just a rumor i don't think it's going to happen but if it did oh my god i mean it would kind of make sense with the scenario because given the end of far from home spider Man's going to need a lawyer i feel like it's going to be she-hulk
0: but yeah, well, that, that was the thought process, especially with She Hulk getting her own series. So that, that's what I thought as well. But it would make sense for um, her to
1: appear as a lawyer. I, I mean, and-
0: I I love the idea of Daredevil and Spider Man together. I think in Chip Zdarsky's run, the issue that they showed up together, I was like losing my Marvels. I mean, I lose my Marvels at every issue of Daredevil because it's awesome. But <laughs> it's uh, so good. <laughs> but. But, like, you know, um, I, I think they're a great combo, Daredevil and Spider-Man. And I think that Spider-Man is usually written better when he's with Daredevil because he's more mature. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Tom Holland's Spider-Man would fit well with Charlie Cox's Daredevil. Um, I,
1: I think in the cause scenario... Because I, I wouldn't want them to
0: change... Yeah, and the scenario could be good. I just don't want them to change Daredevil for the sake of Spider-Man, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Andrew Garfield and Spider-Man would probably fit great with Charlie Cox oh and Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, I think that will be an amazing combo. <laughs>
1: have like a very serious talk, and then you can still get the quips and everything during the fights, but when yeah. they're talking about the situation and whatever the situation is, like Spider-Man's yeah. identity being revealed, they need to sit down and be like, Matt needs to be like, okay, look, here's what you have to do. And Peter needs to be like, okay, I'll do that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So, Oh, if he appears, that'd be so good, though. I really want him back. Uh, Kevin doesn't seem he says he likes the DC TV shows but he clearly doesn't really have interest in doing anything with them but as fans if we Wait, really Wait who was this? Uh Kevin Feige <laughs> oh, oh okay Yeah but he I, said that Yeah he liked, yeah
0: like they're not even really like canon given that the guy who played uh the bad guy in Luke Cage is going to be uh, yeah it's going to be Blade
1: Yeah so it kind of makes it feel like it's not canon granted I think Daredevil's... Well, I don't think... I know Daredevil's the most popular show out of the Netflix series. So, if we're... If the fans want Daredevil, we just gotta keep on doing that. Should keep on asking for him. I mean, Save Daredevil is a campaign that's been very popular. So, keep asking for Daredevil, and we're gonna get Daredevil, I hope. So, yeah, yeah, that's it for the news of the week.
0: Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Now,
1: turn on my lamp, because we got Comics! Three. yeah
0: so so the comics of the week so um let's go with pick of the week and cover of the week even though mine are the same too and i think yours might be the same too um <laughs> yeah. uh, my pick of the week and cover of the week is robin 80th anniversary edition yeah
1: um, mine too was
0: a, i think this is probably i'm gonna go outside the best anniversary issue we've had yet I
1: um,
0: would agree. before actually. this mine my, before this mine was action 1000 i thought tech 1000 was disappointing and i thought Wonder Woman 750 was disappointing, and I thought Flash 750 Flash. was even a little disappointing. But I thought this one was a very good issue. Um, yeah, this my really
1: cover as well. Th- there was
0: really only one story that I didn't care for. Yeah, maybe two. I think
1: I, think I know which one you're talking about. Uh, for those who yeah. don't know, these uh, special covers are, or special issues are things that DC has been doing lately for anniversaries, such as Action Comics 1000. This is Robin's 80th anniversary, so they did a little 100 page super spectacular of all the writers and well, all the recent writers and artists that have worked with Robin uh kind of making stories for him the well-known ones and there's just, it's just a ton of mini series that's what these special books are so usually they're kind of like it's hard to work when you only have like six or so pages with these huge heroes mm-hmm. so i understand why a lot of stories are just kind of like they seem rushed they seem boring they seem like nothing happened seems pointless so a lot of them are disappointing but this book was actually i enjoyed pretty much every single one Usually, yeah yeah there was yeah.
0: now that now that i'm looking at the stories i think there was two that i didn't care for but other than that i i really like the rest um so um what what cover did you end up getting by the way did you just get the main cover or did i you just got
1: yeah i just got the main cover I've just it's very simplistic it's a red background it's just robin jumping and you can see batman's cape as if he's following batman i think it is dick grayson's robin so we got the classic suit and the background blends into the red of his suit it's just it's very nice
0: yeah, it's a very simple but nice cover. Yeah, I got that one as well. I wanted the Tim one, but the shop that I went to only had this one. So I was like, okay, it's fine.
1: Yeah, shop I went to um, only had this one too. So I'm the same. But, but I would have picked right, this so, one anyways. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So um, the first story is we'll, – we'll just go story by story. Uh, we don't even have to recap them, but kind of just like what we liked or yeah. you know, something that we liked out of them. Uh, yeah. The Marv Wolfman one is the first one. Um, the dialogue is very Marv Wolfman-y in the sense that it's very like 80s. Classic. Um, 70s and 80s, but mm-hmm. um, it's, it's it's a serviceable story. I thought it was like an interesting concept. It's Dick Grayson, um, yeah, it's, it's Dick Grayson's Robin. Uh, actually, funny enough, when I saw Marvel, Wolfman was doing a Robin story. I was thinking he was going to be with the new Teen Titans, given that he's like the Godfather of Teen Titans.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I didn't even think of that. But no, that's uh, just a Robin That's story. what I was expecting.
0: But it's just a Batman and Robin story where uh, Robin moves on from being Robin and he decides to be his own man. It's on his 18th birthday. Um, it was pretty cool. I-, I liked it. The art is really clean.
1: It's very um, kind of like a darker Bruce, which I know we get a lot of darker Bruce, but in this era, we didn't see that very much. It's kind of like Robin being like, oh, I'm moving on from Robin. I want to be Nightwing and all that. I'm going to be my own hero. And Bruce, he doesn't say it, but you see him think that like he's proud of. Yeah. And and I think this is is.
0: like kind of a better version of like, like the way Chuck Dixon writes it Nightwing year one, which I also like, but it's definitely more harsh is Batman fires Robin in this Mm -hmm. one. He's basically on the fence of like wants to, you know, move like, you don't have time for me. So you had to move on. Like, but instead of Bruce forcing him out the door, he kind of makes his own decisions. So.
1: Yeah, exactly. I-,
0: I thought this was pretty well written. So, yeah, this, this, was, a- this was a good story. I liked it. Um, And the-, the pin-up, or not even pin-up, it's like a cover, is actually from um Batman and Robin, or All-Star, All-Star Batman <laughs> and Robin, The Boy Wonder, which I got, like, immediate flashbacks to Frank Miller, Batman. So I was like, it's oh, a God.
1: terrible book, but my God, is it a... Nice oh, it's, it's,
0: it's beautiful because it's Jim Lee art all the way, but yeah, that's one of the like, worst books of all time It actually got canceled due to how like midway through. <laughs> yeah, it's um, terrible,
1: but the art is brilliant I mean even this cover here. This is one of my favorite Batman and Robin pictures ever I think Batman looks incredible in it. Oh, um,
0: yeah, Jim, I mean Jim Lee is you know the master like um, his face is so good
1: <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, it's <laughs> a terrible book.
0: Um so the next story is uh the one that I was most Chuck anticipated Dixon. for. Uh yeah, Chuck Dixon's Nightwing story. Uh Chuck Dixon hasn't written Nightwing since like 2004 or so. it's, it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, last time he wrote Nightwing was at the end of Nightwing year 1. So we're talking way back. Um he's I think pretty much everyone's favorite Nightwing writer. He's yeah. written I mean to me the best stuff. I mean he's my second favorite writer of all time his nightwing run is my second favorite run of all time he's just it's a great run and uh, hunter's starting to get more into it and trade and i think as you as you reread it i think you're gonna be like yeah damn like this run was great like it's the best of dick grace yeah Um, i mean
1: i I never even finished the run when i got into it so i'm restarting and i'm going through all eight is it eight or seven
0: it's eight but the eighth book is all tie-in so i just recommend people getting the first seven
1: okay sounds good
0: but, uh, but yeah, so um, the story – it's a really short story. It's set right after No Man's Land, so the earthquake happened in Gotham. Um, it's Nightwing saving a woman and saving an EMT, and the woman uh, actually gives birth. Um, it's very Chuck dixon where he talks about the physics of jumping off things, and uh, it's just a cool Nightwing story where like he – you know once that faith in people, people start shooting while there's an earth like while an earthquake just happened, but you know there's still good in the world, and uh, the lady gives birth while being saved, and um she wants to name the kid after him, and he's like, "Well, what about Robin? I, I thought this was a really nice story. it's really short, but I thought it was really good,
1: yeah, it is nice and i mean i was uh, i mean i was giving... i was
0: hoping for given that in a lot of dixon's nightwing run uh, barbara oracles there i was really hoping we were gonna get oracle in this story but we didn't but you know beggars can't be choosers i really enjoyed it still
1: yeah i mean it's short and simple and we get the finger stripes so the best nightwing suit <laughs> yes yes so, and the next story like we get
0: it. the finger stripes as well this is yeah best nightwing suit
1: yeah
0: um the, the next story is by devin grayson who wrote actually took over nightwing after chuck dixon Mm-hmm. Um and she also wrote Titans uh in 1999 which is what the story is based off of. Yeah,
1: it's, um, the it's Titans.
0: It's it's a pretty good Titans team. Like that's one of the things I really like about that 1999 Titans run. Um you got Nightwing, uh Troya, which is Don Troy, uh Flash, which is Wally West, uh Roy and uh Aqualad. That's a, that's a good team. They yeah, got more yeah. people in their run, but in this story it's those five. Um so th- th- this is a pretty cool story of, you know, Nightwing's leading the team and they're fighting off against um, the Hive. Right? The Hive? Uh, yeah. And uh, it turns out that it's actually a simulation that uh, Damian Dark is watching.
1: Oh, um, and I didn't catch that. It was just a simulation. I was like, yeah, I was thinking, or, like, or, or maybe it's like a battle, a
0: battle that used to happen. I, I thought it was a simulation, but
1: maybe um,
0: it is, yeah. Da- Damian Dark's basically just like scolding his team and saying like how Nightwing's such a great leader and like, it's highlighting how Damien Dark's actually a terrible leader. Yeah.
1: Basically. And um,
0: the, the revelation is that actually Nightwing has been under the mask the entire time, and uh, he, he takes it away from him, and he's like uh, – it, it's like a nice line. Um, like he's telling Damien Dark how to be a leader. He's like, you ever consider a pizza night?" <laughs> it's very Dick Grayson-y in the, you know, yeah, 2000s. I, I, I like the story.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, the next story is a King story, I believe.
0: Yeah, the Agent 37, which yeah, is from Agent Grayson. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. I saw Tom King was doing a story and Tim Seeley was doing a story. Right? Yeah. So two of them, Tom. And yeah, Tom King and Tim Seeley. I didn't even yeah, put two of together. Yeah, so they're, them.
1: The, they're the main guys on Grayson, which is when Nightwing died and then he faked it. Like, he came out to life, but everyone still believed he was dead and he became a secret agent. It's called Grayson. I highly recommend it. It's really good, actually.
0: Yeah, you could get it in five trades because I have all five trades. They're actually, pretty small, but they're. Yeah, five okay, trades it's yeah, really yeah, good. okay, yeah, pretty small.
1: Because like, I think it was only like 30 issues in the end or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like six issues. Yeah, six issues, trades each, five of them, six times five, 30, boom.
1: Okay, yeah, I had the first trade, and then the rest in single issue, so. Yeah, it's, it's a good run. It is a really good run, and it's very, Dick Grayson, I think, is actually written very well in the entire run, including the story. So it's about uh, aging 37, is with one of the uh, gymnast, teach, gymnast students that turns out to be a secret agent that he trains, so. Um, basically, he, he's also a gym teacher in this time, and he takes some of his gymnasts and they become agents. So it's him and this agent. They go and they basically just save someone who ends up being a gorilla for Gorilla City. It, it's kind of strange. Like The storyline is kind of strange itself, but it, the whole point of it is he's trying to teach this gym student how to be a hero in the end. And when he's training her, he has like memories of Batman training him, and he's kind of saying the opposite of what Batman's saying so yeah at one point batman says in the past says in your darkest moments when all is fails remember your anger at those who took your parents and dick grayson says to a student in your darkest moments when all is fails remember all the people you're going to save so he's kind of saying the opposite until the end when he says the same thing as batman in the past saying ignore your mentor do what you do best be you so it's kind of a yeah
0: nice yeah this was this was a nice story um mm-hmm. Uh, the next story is a Jason story, which I ac- actually really liked. I did Red not expect to like it. jason Jason's really not a Robin or Red Hood that I, you know, I'm just not really into the character that much. You know, I typically find him pretty overrated. Uh, the Red Hood fan base is very passionate, which I respect, but it's just not for me. Um, <laughs> I like Red Hood. This I mean, I read the New 52, and I read the first volume of Rebirth, thanks to Hunter, of course. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, it's just not for me. But anyway... Um, uh, this story is about uh, Red Hood. This is set, I would say, it's written by Judd Winnick, so it's written while Red Hood's still kind of a villain at this point.
1: Yeah, he is because um, he, like, he doesn't have the logo on his chest, and so it, it was kind of what yeah. he was wanted. And he's
0: still got the white in his hair. <laughs> um, but but um, it's basically between a flashback and now of him giving Bruce a present for his birthday, and it's Bruce's father's watch that he fixed up. And uh, it's not fixed completely. So he's like, oh, can I have it back and give it to you officially when I'm done? And he says, yes. And he's like, all right, cool. And obviously we're led to believe that Jason had died before he actually finished it. And then um, as Red Hood and Batman's like chasing somebody down, he sees a present left for him. And it's the watch. And uh, yeah, it's just like a nice like, like the way the way they do that last panel. It's like as Jason, as Robin is walking away, he's like, Jason? And, Rob- and he turns around. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, thank you. And uh, both the Robin and the Red Hood say "Happy Birthday, Bruce." It's like a really nice story. I'm, I really liked it.
1: One of my favorite relationships in comics is Jason and Bruce. Like, date, I, Jason I think they
0: Bruce. definitely have an interesting relationship. I think sometimes the way they write it is a little overdone, but I think when written properly, it's one of the most like compelling, you know, rivalries, mm-hmm. and it's very interesting.
1: Well, they they hate each other, but they love each other. So yeah, like they're always fighting. They disagree with each other so much, but at the same time, they both really respect each other. So Yeah. It's nice. Then we get Tim stories. Um,
0: yeah, so the the Tim Robin story um it it looks like it's set like pretty much like in the one year later like after uh Infinite Crisis when he has like yeah. the, uh the newer suit which is a really cool suit.
1: And he's still
0: um, in high school, so. Yeah. So, essentially, he's um, talking to his high school principal, and he, he's like, oh, I want to go into a field of law enforcement. And um, he's like, your grades are good, but uh, we need you to get some more extracurriculars. And then he asks him about several extracurriculars, like sports and teams and all that. And it's all stuff that he's done as Robin. And uh, it, the story ends with him getting a call from uh, a, a Batman. That he has to go fight crime um the text is a little cringy
1: <laughs> yeah it's, like uh, batman sends it's, him one with a
0: punch emoji punch emoji kick emoji kick emoji joker uh, emoji and then an explanation point emoji it's, it's not the best but other than that uh the story's nice <laughs> yeah
1: then i do like the artist very watercolor the artist is the guy yeah. who did um it's uh freddie e williams the second uh he's the guy who did batman and ninja turtles all three volumes which i had oh okay i was like
0: his name sounds very familiar and his art looks familiar okay yeah if you read batman and
1: the ninja turtles it's really good actually (laughs) so it's the same artist
0: i actually never read it oh i would
1: highly recommend it it's very very good
0: there's three of them right yeah yeah there's three
1: i haven't read the third one but the first and second are fantastic
0: and i think they made an animated movie for that yeah that got pretty popular
1: yeah it's very good (laughs)
0: um the, uh, n- there's another Tim story right after that, but it's him as Red Robin. Um, when I heard that there was going to be a Red Robin Tim story, I was thinking Red Robin like pre-52. So I was like, oh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, that like, too. The, the, the cowl back. And then I was like, oh, it's Rebirth. I'm like, okay, it's still fine. Yeah. Um, it's written by James Tinian. Um, I mean, he's obviously a huge Tim fan, so that's pretty cool that he got to write this. Um, mm-hmm. Stories, you know, it's, it's fine. It's him kind of talking about his relationship with the other Robins um, yeah. and him setting up his team in Rebirth, essentially.
1: Yeah, that's it's all like it is. it's
0: like basically like a callback to Detective Rebirth. I don't know. It was like all right, like i'd like compared to the other stories, you know, it was kind of lower. But
1: it was just his opinion on everyone. I like. Yeah. I like Dick. I like Jason. I like. I don't like. damien, damien. damien's a brat. Yeah. Yeah. Like.
0: It's, it's and now funny, I'm gonna start my own detective team with Bruce, and it's like okay, the
1: Gotham Knights, which I missed. Yeah. I liked Detective yeah. House Rebirth a lot. It was really good. Oh, yeah.
0: It was great. And mm-hmm. wrote that one. So it was cool that he got to do a callback. Um, the next story is Steph. probably the worst one.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Listen, I, I,
0: I like the idea of Stephanie Brown as Robin for a little bit. I think that's interesting. I think Stephanie Brown's a really cool character. Mm-hmm. This story was just not it. Um, the, first of all, I thought the art was just not for me. You know, It's, it's very, very cartoony. Very cartoony. Um it it actually kind of reminds me of I don't know if you remember Teen Titans two thousand three they had like these little animated shorts like with like red X and all that it kind of oh, reminds me of that yes, style yes
1: I do I do remember so, that, yeah. so that,
0: that's like the vibe I got um, but essentially it's her like training as Robin and like Bruce is like arms crossed the entire time like <laughs> and uh, she's like oh this suit doesn't fit right so she gets like a new suit and then um, they go to fight Firefly and Firefly's like hi, hey, little cosplay girl huh <laughs> Just, like. <laughs> It's like, like who, who talks right. like that? All like, right, like Marvel. literally, literally the, the line from like this is how I read it in my head. It was like, if it isn't Batman, ha! And some cosplay girl like
1: <laughs> very, very strong. Like, you accent. literally see it's Robin. <laughs> I do like the end how because the whole thing is Bruce and Steph are arguing, and then at the end Bruce kind of gives her her own little corner in the back cave. So that was fine but
0: Uh, I mean, I guess I don't know. I didn't really, the story just felt so pointless, but the pinup page of Steph is Robin after is beautiful by Nicholas Scott.
1: It is a good suit. So yeah, I do like that. Yeah.
0: Um, the the next game story game. is the uh, one that I was really anticipating, like pretty much the second anticipation yes. after the Dixon one. Um, it's the sons. Super Sun story by Tomasi and drawn by Jorge Jimenez. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, it's just John Kent back as a kid, which is so nice to see. And so nice to see Jorge drawing him again. Oh, love it.
1: Yeah, Jimenez is um, the perfect artist behind John Kent.
0: So. Yeah, um, but it, but essentially it's just him writing a paper on who his best friend is and just basically describing damien it's a really nice story and um i saw on twitter um super sons love made a comparison of um john and and uh, damien sitting on the bridge eating burgers compared to john and damien and bendis's superman when they're eating hot dogs oh, yeah. on the top of the thing it's like this is this is so much better like this is the super sons we know
1: yeah having them and, both uh, as kids not john yeah. older and just being weird that they're hanging out <laughs> i do like yeah. the so the kind of intro to this is john writing on his computer and he calls the story my best friend, but he spells friend wrong and because he is a kid after all. And it says by John and, 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 and
0: I think that's like part of how Lois can't spell ever.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well oh, I didn't even catch that. And it says by yeah. John the Kent without help from Peter J. Tomasi Jorge, hey him Chinez. And it says like the basically the credits of it. As if John wrote yeah. it. So that was nice. And it's just I miss these guys. I miss this art so much. And just yeah, again like comparing the me and the hot dogs Compared to them eating the burgers, it's just, oh, I miss these guys so much. And I was Definitely. This might be our last Super Sun story. I know I've said that 20 times, but.
0: This, been... this is, yeah, this is probably the last one now for a long time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is the last time we'll see Kid John for a long time. Because we got the little flashback of him in Justice League by Snyder. And mm-hmm. then now we got this, and that's probably it for a long time.
1: I feel like he might be go back to, I can see him going back to a kid after 5G. Honestly, I can so yeah I, I guess
0: it depends on how 5g was to be uh handled because if he's supposed to become superman too but okay <laughs> who knows
1: okay um I think this is the last story
0: yeah yeah so what do you think of the last story the it's called bat and mouse it's another damien story i thought the art I mean, the art just wasn't for me yeah um, it, it and, it, and it's basically scribbly. like a tie-in to teen titans so i was kind of just like not really that interested yeah
1: the current teen titans run too
0: so. yeah so i was kind of just like eh, whatever i know like, what he's talking like about.
1: about damien is distant in the story and i think it's because in the Titans run he's like kidnapping criminals and like tying them up in his own yeah. place and having his own prison that bruce doesn't know about so yeah. it's just kind of like eh, i don't really care for it yeah i,
0: I just didn't really care about the story like this and the stuff story to me were the two worst ones
1: yeah i agree
0: I didn't, it's not even that this was, was that bad. I just didn't really like, I'm not hooked on teen Titan. So I just didn't really care about it. Me too. Um, then we get a horrifying, uh, Frank Miller <laughs> pinup page of Carrie <laughs> Kelly as Robin. Yeah. Ugh, God. Um, and then we get a beautiful two page pinup of all the Robins by Andy Kubert. Um, I really like the way this came out. You get Dick, Tim, J- uh, Dick, I'm sorry, Dick, Jason, Tim, Steph, and, and Damien. Very nice.
1: It is nice. Yeah.
0: And then, kind of, just like a back computer, like of all the big events of the that the Robins have been through. It's it's really nice. It is, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, that that's Robin eighty. That's
1: the end of Robin.
0: Um, what do you best rate the special? Issue? <laughs> best
1: special issue. I had a lot of fun stories. In the end, I'll give it like an eight because there were two stories that I didn't really like, but the rest were yeah. actually I enjoyed.
0: Yeah, so. I, would, I would. Same exact thing. I think it's the best special we've gotten. I think. Mm-hmm. If to me it was Action 1000, but I think this surpassed Action 1000, and uh, yeah, I don't think the next two specials between Joker 80th and Catwoman 80th are going to be that good. But I don't think uh, this, this 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 one was really nice, and I can't wait for Green Lantern now.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for Green Lantern for sure. Uh, what do you want to review
0: next? Well, let's go to Batman while we're on the Bat train. Sure. Um, I mean, I really don't have much to say about this Batman issue. It, it just feels like Most of Tinian's run, where it's kind of just like it's setting up stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this entire issue was is basically set up. You get some nice, you know, moments with harley i guess
1: <laughs> harley and um, catwoman working together i like harley when she's with catwoman or poison ivy so yeah i feel like I she, yeah, I feel like she's written,
0: written a little better like that but yeah this issue was mostly just like setting the table going forward
1: mm-hmm. i mean the art was nice and having it ended with uh batman and deathstroke teaming up so i like that a lot I think yeah I was, I was actually
0: surprised are, to see them uh teaming up
1: yeah slate and bruce are great characters when they're working together so i'm looking yeah. forward to that but in the end um we don't really know. it lo- yeah, looks it's, like that. It's, Briddler... it's, look,
0: it's really just like a lot of setup.
1: Mm, it looks like designer is doing Riddler's plan, so it does look like Riddler's like going to be the big bad for the next issue, or maybe next two. But in the end, it is just set up, and so yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. You know. Um,
0: what about uh Aquaman fifty eight? What did you think of that? I thought that was a pretty good issue.
1: It was a good issue, but he named his daughter Andy. Really? <laughs> yeah, that that threw me off. I was like, what? Like they didn't. Okay, so last issue Mura gave birth and we didn't know the baby's name because Mura just gave birth and that was like the last page uh this does a little time jump to I think it says ten, yeah 10 months later so the child is just about one years old and so we see the name is Andy really
0: is it <laughs> is it A-N-D-Y or is it A-N-D-I because Andy with an I could at least be for a girl but Andy with a Y is for a boy
1: Andy with a Y
0: that's <laughs> very weird
1: yep um so that threw me off but in the end this was a good issue and aquaman got a haircut what do you know yes i was surprised to see that actually because like all the covers going
0: all the covers for the next few months have him with long hair
1: yeah that's a good point uh it's back to what i think comic prince and i agreed is the best look for aquaman which he had briefly new 52 they had it for one arc which is beard but with short hair well not like like a medium length hair it's very yes. nice, and uh, that's like the perfect look for Aquaman, in my opinion. Uh, Mura seems to be uh, injured in this, so she's still recovering from what's happened to her recently, using all her powers while pregnant to take out Black Manta, which made her kind of go into like a coma. Uh, hmm. Orm in this is really good, uh, Ocean Master. How he's he kind of has his army. Uh, I, I
0: think I think Orm is like so interestingly written, and I thought I thought Kelly Sue did a really good job in this issue.
1: Oh, for sure. So he has an army, but. Not of soldiers, of people helping others. He's kind of helping yeah. the poor of the ocean by giving. Them and standards. and it
0: feels like like he was preventing a disease in this issue, right? Like, mm-hmm. do you think it's something that he possibly started to make himself look better? Like that.
1: Or oh, always seems effect. like two
0: sided to me. Yeah, the, yeah, syndrome effect essentially. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, in you're the villain, OSHA Master one shot, he found someone with this disease, so we don't uh, know. Okay, if I, he, I didn't remember that he could have purposely spread it. But you did find. Well, that, that's, that's, what
0: that, that's what I'm wondering, like, because he loves to make himself look good and make obviously uh, his brother look bad. So
1: yeah, it could be, be interesting. I do like how Dolphin joined him. I, I like Dolphin as a character, and I'm glad that Kelly was using her.
0: Was Dolphin in the last issue?
1: I can't, I,
0: I couldn't remember.
1: Maybe briefly. I can't remember okay. if she's or not, but
0: because all, all of a sudden Dolphin popped up, and I'm like, oh, we haven't seen her in a while.
1: When during the uh, whole I don't. No, you didn't really read Aquaman Rebirth from the start, right?
0: Yeah, I, I basically summed it up right before I pretty much jumped on when Kelly started. And okay. that was actually a little bit after Kelly started because you were raving about it. So I was like, all right, I got to read yeah, it. Yeah,
1: it is good. Well, when King Wrath became well king, he was king for like 15 or so issues. It was a long arc, too long. But during that, Mura wasn't in the comics. She was kind of just stuck in Atlantis. And Aquaman was on the outskirts trying to get into Atlantis. And Dolphin was with him the entire time. So Dolphin was like oh, a major okay. character in that run. Gotcha. But when Kelly started, she was kind of thrown to the side. So it's kind of cool that Dolphin's coming back to this. Yeah. So yeah, it was good. I like this issue a lot, except for the whole Andy thing. What the heck is that? About? Yeah, that's, a,
0: that's not a name. Unless they change it to A-N-D-I. Because that could at least be a girl's name. But yeah, that's that's interesting.
1: Well, that's strange. Maybe it's a nickname. Because always he is Arthur Caller, that. Yeah. So it, the issue ends with Andy going missing, and I guess Arthur has to find her. So, yeah, good issue. Uh, you you want to go to Hell's Horizon? Sure, I'll tell you what happened in Hell's Horizon. So, this was the end of the Luther versus Batman who laughs thing. Uh, it was basically the major things that happened in this was Luther made a cure for the Batman who laughs and uses it on him. But the Batman and laughs is able to kind of like take it out of himself and give it the cure, like force it into others instead of his bloodstream. So mm-hmm. he basically cures all the superheroes. So then he doesn't get cured from the Jokerization thing. So Supergirl's back with Beatles, Shazam, Donna Troy. They're no longer infected. They're all back to normal. Um, do, Lutheran... do you
0: feel like this series like led to anything or is it kind of just like, uh, it just like we just went on.
1: It led to a rivalry with Luther and Batman and laughs. And in the end, like, he, Luther is responsible for saving everyone. And mm-hmm. they, Supergirl notices that. Like, we were saved by Luther. So, well, she, at first she says, no, like, we gotta get Luther. But then she realizes that we saved her. So, the mm-hmm. this takes place after Justice Doom War, and I didn't think it did, because Perpetua is in it. And Luther goes to her at the end with Batman and Laughs, being like, look what I've got you. And then Batman and Laughs kind of convinces Perpetua that... Like, he has a better plan than Luther. And Luther, he wants to be the hero of the story. But I just want to, like, help you. And Luther mm-hmm. and Perpetua could read mine. So she kind of realizes that's true. And she uh, banishes Luther and gets rid of his powers. So he no longer has Martian powers. He's back to a regular human. Which is like, mm-hmm. okay, thank God. <laughs> he's no longer Apex left. Yeah. And then uh, Batman last talks to Perpetua for, like, five pages. It's just a conversation. <laughs> how oh, he's wow. just, like how he has like plans for the universe and like, he's from the dark multiverse, but he's traveled to every earth basically. And he knows what she wants. And then it ends with him saying, look into my mind, see what I have in store for the world. And then Perpetua just looks into his mind and then starts laughing. And then it says to be Mm. continued in death metal. Uh, It also, apparently he showed uh, Luther as well. What happened before he got banished like before perpetuated got rid of his powers he also saw what was in batman left mind and he got banished to some field on earth and his assistant runs to him and he's like unconscious and she's able to wake him up and luther like looks at her and then immediately starts crying and says we're all dead and then says, yeah so and that says to be continued death metal so i'm not excited for death metal but that was really well written
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah at least at least it led to something, okay. yeah, that, that was my
1: main wondering, yeah, like it's really like I got chills when I read that, like Luther just looking around at where he was and instantly just start crying and saying yeah. we're all dead now, so it's interesting, and they also they did a lot of they did a few flashbacks during the scene or during the comic of Luther talking about like his what happened with him over the past year. We get flashbacks to Forever Evil. We get flashbacks to A Lost of the New 52. Flashbacks to the Dark Side War. Yay! And so we get a lot of flashbacks to Superman with the... Or, sorry, Lex with the Superman symbol on his chest when he was a hero. So, I have a feeling we might be coming to, like, hero Lex again. He also, like, insulted Perpetua, saying, like, before you you, you used to be, like, just power and some doorknob before I came along. So... He no longer likes Perpetua and he's slowly going back to like the hero side of things. So uh-huh. I like that. I prefer hero Lex over a villain Lex like a hundred percent. So yeah. Interesting. It's hmm. interesting. Yeah. Um, you read justice league, right?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually, I actually totally forgot about justice league. What, what'd you think of the issue?
1: I thought it was good. I'm excited for the future of it. I just thought this issue was like, I wasn't the biggest fan of the arc. I like how each character kind of had a major role. I found Snyder didn't give a lot of the characters moments outside of the
0: Trinity. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was mostly just the Trinity. But this one, there's a lot of John Stewart moments. There's a lot of Wonder Woman moments. Flash played a big role in this whole arc, which was nice. Yeah, like the, f- the first page is him on the ground and everyone trying to motivate him. Like Flash, can you get up? Talk to us, Flash. So yeah, the know. art was also
0: very nice from uh, Doug Mankey. I thought.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a great artist on Batman. I find I find his Batman's one of the best superman yeah. kind of creeps me out a bit. <laughs> when it's up close and you see like every single eyelash and yeah mm-hmm. um i thought the issue was good that's a good wrap up yeah i feel like
0: there's just not much to say like i think vendetti's been pretty solid
1: yeah he's been a good writer so far i mean i don't know what the next arc's about do you know
0: uh i actually have no clue i haven't looked at the solicitations
1: yeah i haven't either but yeah i'm looking forward to it i'm not going to drop it or anything so yeah looking forward yeah yeah exactly um, Captain America, again, not much happened. It was, like, we barely see Captain America, and it looks like Crossbones going to be the next villain. Black Widow going to play a part in it, so that's cool. Uh, Steve Rogers is still kind of in hiding, and it ended with revealing that General Ross is alive, and he's not kind of... Res- Everyone thinks that Steve killed General Ross, but it's showing that he is alive. Uh, granted, he was in Immortal Hulk when he was assumed dead, so uh-huh. we already knew he was alive, but now it's just showing him that, like... He knows that people are blaming Captain America, and he's not really doing anything about that. So okay. that's kind of where it ended. I think yeah, I, don't know, soul, I, I got
0: like so bored of Captain America. I just it, it got yeah, bad. Yeah,
1: I, I just skimmed through it in the end. I was just thinking, okay, flip,
0: flip, yeah. flip. And then that was the problem. Like when I found myself flipping through issues like that, I just couldn't read it anymore. So
1: which is a shame because it was it had such a good start. Oh, it,
0: I thought the first arc and even the second arc were really great, and then it yeah. just fell off.
1: It, it fell off when Steve lost the mantle of captain america he's getting it back now and i'm looking forward to the next arc for this because falcon's gonna play a major role so mm-hmm. i think falcon cap working side by side of school despite falcon having a terrible suit this time <laughs> like i hate falcon's <laughs> new suit i don't know if you've seen it or not it's just
0: no i haven't seen it
1: it's black with a lot of red lines so oh,
0: okay <laughs> it's not good but
1: yeah 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 i guess that's yeah, it that
0: was- yeah that's pretty much the show so uh thank you for listening um if you enjoyed us reviewing an animated movie uh let us know maybe we'll do more reviews for animated movies i thought this was pretty good it was yeah, fun it was to watch fun. that and i don't know Ma- i don't even know what's the an next dc animated movie it might actually be apocalypse war the uh it Dark is apocalypse war war. adaptation.
1: so i think that's maybe, maybe we'll april. review that one on the show it's out in april so we definitely will be <laughs> i'll be yeah, watching all right, it there you go for sure i'm yeah I'll, I'll watch to, it too <laughs> it's the finale so yeah that being said uh thanks for listening
0: yeah. yeah thanks for listening uh, if you're listening on itunes we appreciate a five-star review or whatever you feel we're worth if we can't pronounce kevin Feige, you might give us four stars but that's okay uh, it, it it helps with the rankings so uh, yeah um and if you're listening anywhere else we appreciate a follow slash subscribe and uh yeah just thanks thanks for listening uh for a hero story i'm jd and
1: i'm hunter and thanks for being a hero
0: and remember every second is a gift goodbye
1: Bye.